It is primary eve, and tomorrow is such an incredibly important day as we choose the right challengers to battle the uh, the Democrats in the general election in November. What is at stake? What's at stake in the race between Mike DeWine and Jim Renacci? In Columbus, DeWine presided over the largest public corruption scandal in state history. He shut down Ohio's economy and crushed small businesses. And in our schools, he masked our kids and refused to ban critical race theory. Jim Renacci is a battle-tested conservative. Renacy will clean up Columbus, revive our economy, and fix our schools by empowering parents and banning CRT. We can't afford four more years of DeWine. We need conservative Jim Renacy. That's one of the latest online ads for Jim Renacy as he and his team push forward into the final stretch drive here. Uh, last day for early voting, and of course tomorrow it all comes down uh, to who turns out the vote. And uh, Jim Renacy joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer, with a little look at the uh, last day or so. Uh, con- or, uh, former Congressman and uh, gubernatorial candidate Renacy, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Bob. Doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm, you know, it's it's kind of bizarre. Um, like all voters and all people, I think, you know, we get really just slammed with ads over the course of the last week before an election like this, and they are everywhere. I mean, everywhere you turn. Uh, you know, you've got campaign ads, particularly on television, and we want it to be over with. And normally, it appears anyway to me like, you know, most people would have their mind made up when you get to this. If you've heard every ad, you've heard every point, every counterpoint, you've got your mind made up and you're ready to go. But, Congressman, from what I'm seeing in surveys, there is a whole lot, there are a whole lot of Republican primary voters who are likely voters who haven't made their minds up yet on what they're going to do for the Senate race and what they're going to do in your race against Mike DeWine tomorrow. Does that surprise you that this is still so up in the air at this point? No, it doesn't, Bob. And, you know, I've been talking about this. Look, now that I've done this on my second time around, I'm learning so much about Ohio voters. But it's not Ohio voters, it's national voters. 30% are in the bubble that always pay attention to politics. 30% pay attention in the last couple of weeks and 30 percent don't pay attention to walk into the voting booth and they make their decision on that day and in many cases those are your undecided and and that's the problem we just look it's simple if you do your analysis if you go to every candidate they have histories even if they've never been in politics before they have history and when you look at the history and you take the time it's easy to narrow it down too often and I don't blame anybody for this. They're busy with their day-to-day life. They're busy trying to make you know, ends meet, trying to make their mortgage payment, trying to make their car payment, and they're just not paying attention. And in the end, they walk in, and that's why most elections end up going with name ID, which is sad. It's sad, but it's true. Well, um, that being the case, and Mike DeWine having been a politician for about 342 years, He's got a lot of name ID. That's going to help him, is it not, in this? Uh, and I'm not asking you to predict your own situation here, but, I mean, not, name identification, it, it helps when you've been around as long as that guy has. Well, name ID is good, except if you have a bad history. And uh, this is the good thing about the name ID with Mike DeWine. Most people know he has bad history. My only concern is they're forgetting, and that's what happens. The other, the other thing in politics, it's, it's always 30 days. People, people only learn what they hear in the last 30 days. They need to remember. Mike DeWine has a, such a history. He has a 45-year history of being anti-gun. He has a 45-year history of voting with liberal Democrats. He has a history, and if you look at that history, you would never vote for him. It's one of the reasons why I ran against him in 17 before the president asked me to get in the Senate race, and it's the reason I'm running against him again, 
This guy is not a conservative. He's taken our state in a liberal direction. But too often, the, the incumbent gets 30 percent of the vote just because he basically he or she owns those 30 percent in the essence that they have. There's there's either been a pay for play situation. I mean, all of this happens. And it's always why incumbents get this uh, this boost. But let's face it. And Mike DeWine's, you know, he's not going to get over 40 percent. I mean, it, it, at best, he gets 42 percent. A sitting Republican incumbent gets 42 percent and and potentially could win because of the split of the vote. Bob, I heard you talking about election integrity. And I got to tell you, I've learned a couple more things that we need to change in Ohio. Not only do we need a photo ID and not only do we need outside audits, but we need to stop crossover voting and we need a runoff. I mean, can you imagine we're going to elect a senator or we're going to nominate a senator with probably 25 percent of the vote? We need a runoff. We're going to elect a governor um, that probably and including me, I won't get to 50 percent and we should have a runoff. I'd love to have a runoff against Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine would be done. It'd be over with. And in the in the uh, Senate primary, a runoff of the top two vote getters would be the best thing that could happen because then you would truly have the person you want to move forward, not the person who just gets twenty three or twenty four percent. I think that's a great idea. I completely concur. We got to end the open primary system uh, so people can't cross over. And I agree, especially when you have a number of candidates and you don't get over fifty percent. You there should be a runoff. Uh, we're talking with uh, former congressman and now, of course, gubernatorial candidate Jim Renacci on the eve of the primary election. So let's talk a little bit more about numbers because um, I found first of all the the, the Fox News poll uh, that came out at the end of last week was fascinating. A thirteen point swing in less than a month. Um, in which Mike DeWine dropped seven points, you gained six points. That's a 13-point swing. Now, he's still leading in that poll by a pretty comfortable margin. But again, with the number of undecided voters that we've talked about who have not answered a poll and who are going to make their call tomorrow, it is certainly well within reach. But I want you to tell me more about your internal polling, because I read in the Ohio Press Network... About 950,000 Ohio likely Republican primary voters that your team contacted and received feedback from around 390,000 of those, so about a third. Uh, And when you break them down, those who responded, 39 to 34 chose Renacy over DeWine, and then 18% chose somebody else. Um, Tell me why that's more valid, or tell me what you take from that result as opposed to the Fox News result, for example. Well, Bob, here's what I say about polls, and it's interesting. I've now been in four really tough elections, and and for your listeners, I can tell you, in the first election in Bocheri's case, our internals had me winning, and we won. Uh, in the second race against Betty Sutton, our internals had us at a dead tie, a close race, and and but it had us leaning our way, and we won. Um, so I didn't know who was going to win that second race. In all honesty, I will tell you, against Betty Sutton, election night, I was still wondering. The third tough race was against uh, 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 Sherrod Brown. And I will also tell you that our internals had us losing by six, and we lost by six, even you know five or six days out. So I knew going in that I was probably going to lose that race. But if you remember the external polls, had had um, – Sherrod Brown winning by 14 points, and even in my O'Cherry race, it had me losing by nine points, and even in the Betty Sutton race, it had me losing by seven points. None of these things matter. What matters is who gets out to vote. Now, 
we have a company that has called 950,000 people seven times, and they've talked to almost 390,000 people. That's the best internal poll because if 390,000 people are going to respond to you and say who I'm voting for, I can tell you that when you know Fox does their poll or Trafalgar does their poll or whatever, they're only asking 1,000 people or 900 people, and I promise you those 1,000 or 900 – are in our 390,000, because the other two-thirds who haven't answered, they're not answering for anybody. So I feel really good, as I've said, that our numbers, and then we also have another internal poll that has us at a dead heat with Mike DeWine um, and about 10% undecided. So this is going to come down to the undecided. And the other thing that your listeners need to pay attention to, if Mike DeWine wasn't concerned, he wouldn't be given away almost a billion dollars last week in freebies all over the state. He wouldn't be, have come out of his bunker, which he has, traveling around the state, giving away money, $2 million to Canton, you know, $500 million to southeast Ohio. He is out there trying to get those undecided. What we've learned, and you said this earlier, when you're an undecided voter, you are somebody who already knows Mike DeWine pretty well, and our polling is showing that 60 to 70 percent of them are going to break away from Mike DeWine. I just got to get them to come my way. And that's our goal. Now, these Democrats switching over, that always is a problem. You know, we don't poll them. And uh, and that could always be an issue. But right now, I feel, um, you know what, I, I'm going to be honest. I feel we have this if people get out and vote. It's that simple. We've got to get out and vote. And the sad thing is, I know there's another guy in the election, and of course he has a hearing in less than an hour. There are there are a staunch amount, I call them the 10 percenters, that are anti anybody that says anything bad about anyone. And my biggest mistake was leaving Blystone just attack me for 10 months, and these people actually believe it. What I have found, Bob, is if I talk to them, they finally realize, well, I didn't know that about you, and I didn't know that because they only heard one thing, but that's the 10 percenters. I look back at the race in 2018, my Senate race. Melissa Atkinson got 12% of the vote and didn't spend any money because those were all the just anti-everybody. And I'm I'm always fearful that when it comes to Republican voters, we hurt ourselves by the 10 or 12% that don't really do a lot of digging and like the first person they hear, like the first person they talk to, and shame on us because we always – lose in the end by not coming together with the candidate who's most qualified. You know, you anticipated my question, and I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, My question was going to be, Jim Renacci, what do you have to say to maybe wavering Blystone voters? Those who maybe were kind of caught up in the whole image and the whole, I'm not a politician, let's send a farmer to Columbus and blah, 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 and they thought it was all kind of, you know, a romantic tale of, you know, an everyman and all that stuff. But now they have have watched and seen what has happened. They they see the fact that he's got this hearing, the fact that he has acknowledged that he doesn't know how to handle money. Uh, and, and, and what do I know about handling campaign finance law? It takes a CPA to figure that stuff out. Well, he's essentially admitting, I can't be a governor. How am I going to manage a multi-billion dollar state budget if I can't handle a few hundred thousand dollars in campaign finance or campaign contributions rather. So if there are wavering Blystone voters out there who have watched this, maybe question his integrity a little bit because of it, 
Um, but they have been listening to you or to, to him poison um, the well water with you for for months, as you say. He's DeWine 2.0. I hear that all the time from from Blystone supporters. He's just like DeWine. He's just like a Democrat. He's not a real conservative. He's rhino establishment. So what can you say the day before the election, Jim Renacci, to win those people over and tell them, don't waste your vote on, on somebody who cannot win this. You really want to help Ohio and get rid of Mike DeWine, come to, to Jim Renacci. What do you say to those folks? Well, Bob, one of the things I've learned is you can't tell them don't waste your vote because they believe they're not wasting their vote, and, and I, I get that. They are so dead set on this outsider. But what I try and tell them is statistics, look at the look at the difference. Look at look at the person. Look at the integrity. I said Joe Blystone got in for all the right reasons, but all of his background – Everything he says is is a campaign speech now. He's he's a politician like everybody else. He wasn't pro-life before he jumped in the race. There's no sign of it. He wasn't pro-gun before he jumped in the race. There's no sign of it. In fact, I saw him hold up a gun with his finger on the trigger. I tell people all the time, that's not a pro-Second Amendment person because they don't even know how to hold a gun. These are the things I treat trying to tell people. But there are people that what, what we've seen in our polling is 50 percent of the Blystone people are never going to leave him. They're never going to leave him. They've given their hard-earned $5 or $10, and that's their person. That's their ticket. The problem is the other 50 percent. i got to get them to understand, you know, and that's what we've been doing. I talked to one this weekend who said to me, well, I can't vote for a career politician. And I said, well, okay, how about um, DeSantis? Oh, I'd vote for him. How about Noam? Oh, I'd vote for her. How about Jim Jordan? Oh, I'd vote for him. I said uh, 14, 19, and 26 years. That's, the, that's how many years those people have been in politics. Yet you just said you would vote for them. And it, and it makes them think. This is the problem. It's not about the years of service. It's about what you've done when you have served. And, you know, my background in history, I'm proud of what I was able to do. I was smart enough to leave Washington. I could still be a U.S. congressman. But I, I saw it's a broken system. It's a waste of time. And I went to Washington and became in politics because the government over, you know, overreached and took my Chevy dealership. I tell those stories to the people. And then they say, wow, I didn't know this. But it's so difficult. It's one of the reasons why a Joe Blystone cannot win, because he's got about 12 percent name ID and and he'll get maybe 12 or 14 percent of the votes in the end. But people ultimately got to know who you are. And if you put it, by the way, this Elections Commission thing, think about it. He paid $180,000 for an RV, but he couldn't pay $1,000 a month for an accountant. That right there should tell the person he's not qualified to be governor. Um, An accountant would have kept him out of the mess he's going to be in today and in the future. So all I can ask them, if they really want to get rid of DeWine, just please Look at the candidates, look at their background, look at their experience, and vote for the most qualified candidate, not only the one that can beat DeWine, but the one most qualified. And I'm winning them over, but, you know, that's one of the reasons why Mike DeWine wanted this election now and not pushed off until in August, because the more people are now engaged, they're starting to look. And that's why some of these polls show me surging well, it's only because that's the 30 percent that are paying attention now that are surging our way. I got to get the remaining, you know, 10 percent undecided to come my way tomorrow and we can win this. I'm, uh, I'm a little short on time here to ask this last one, but I, I want to kind of do it anyway and maybe just try to limit it a little bit if you could. 
Same question, but about maybe wavering DeWine supporters. Those who said, you know what, I'm a Republican, he's a Republican incumbent, you know, he automatically deserves the benefit of the doubt. Uh, that's the way some people feel. But if maybe they're just like, yeah, I really didn't like, you know, the lockdown. I really didn't like the mandates. I really didn't like vaccine millions giving away tax dollars to try to bribe people into, into taking these shots that they may not want to take. What's your last message to DeWine voters who may be on the cusp and maybe, you know, maybe it is time for a change? How do you separate yourself from him in that regard? Well, my answer is simple. He's had 45 years. Our our state is failing. He's been in every position there possibly is. Why give him another four years? It's time to make a change. It's time to move forward. And, and by the way, Bob, I've walked up to people who've looked at me and said, hey, Jim, I voted for you. And I said, wow, you would be the perfect DeWine candidate and he go they go yes i would be but i voted for you so i think in the end that's the key listen he's had his 45 years and not only did he blow it over the 45 years he made it even worse for ohio in the last three years let him go home let him retire it's time to move on i've had so many of those candidates those people say to me you know jim i hope you win i hope you win these are republican establishment people saying i hope you win well guess what i'm just hoping they cross over Jim Renacci, candidate for governor in the Republican primary tomorrow against uh, Mike DeWine. Uh, I encourage and urge everyone, if you really are concerned about business in Ohio, about children in Ohio, about education in Ohio, about keeping CRT and social-emotional learning out of our schools and putting uh, education back inside of them, I really, really hope you'll help us get rid of Mike DeWine and put Jim Renacci in that governor's office. Uh, Tomorrow is the first step. It's got to be done. I hope everybody takes it. Jim Renacci, thank you for the time, and best of luck, sir. Thank you, Bobby. Have a great day. Thank you very much as well.